Welcome, friends, to this evening's Ash Wednesday service. Tonight, we embark on the journey through Lent, and we come gathered together as three congregations, St. Timothy's, St. Paul's, and Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Churches. It is by the power of Christ that we are one body this evening, worshiping together, giving thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ. As we embark on this journey of Lent, we bring up the prophet Joel that return to God is what we are called to do during these 40 days together, to affirm that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding, abounding in steadfast love. For this is indeed an honor to be with all of you this evening. Let us worship God.
we invite you to join us in this evening's call to worship. You will find your responses in your electronic bulletin as well as on your screen. The season of Lent calls us to journey along the edge to anticipate that final trip to Jerusalem. Lent, Lent calls us to the cutting, cutting edge when the wheat falls to the ground and new life comes forth. Lent not only calls us to give up something, but also invites us to participate in the mystery of God with us. By your grace, call us from grief into gladness, despair into hope, estrangement into right relations with each other and with you. Let's join our voices in song as we sing Lord who throughout these 40 days. Please join with me in the litany of preparation and confession. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sins are ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let, Let me, me hear joy and gladness. 
Let, Let the, the bones, bones that, that you have, have crushed rejoice. rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Now, friends, let us prepare ourselves for this time of ashes, this time of mourning, this time of remembering who we have been and who God intends us to be. On this evening in which we celebrate Ash Wednesday, we re are reminded that not everything is okay, even though sometimes we pretend that it is. Not everything is right in the world and in our lives. But all is not hopeless at the same time. As we come to this Ash Wednesday service, we are reminded that we serve an amazing, true, loving God. Our ancestors in the faith used ashes as a sign of repentance, a symbol of the uncertainty and the fragility of human life. Like them, we have tasted the ashes of hopelessness. We have walked through the ashes of loss, and of pain, we have stood knee-deep in the ashes of our own brokenness. We invite you now to take this moment, this moment of personal reflection, to bring to God the very things that in this time, in this moment, in this season, that are robbing you of peace. Perhaps right now you are feeling a deep sense of grief, that you have lost somebody in this season that you have hold near and dear to yourself. Perhaps you have lost your job and you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. Perhaps there is strife and trial within your own family, an illness, brokenness. Whatever it might be, 
in this moment, each one of us have an opportunity to reflect and to turn to God, to hand over the things that are crushing us so that we might be lifted up as we serve the greatness of our God. Let us turn to our Lord so that we may once more in this season of Lent that we have now entered into find life and the true freedom that Christ can bring us. Let us take a moment of silence, please. Lord, tonight we come before you, stripped naked of all the things that we have built up, and we come before you as we really are, broken, downhearted, asking for your grace to come and lift us up. Out of the dust of creation, you formed us, and you breathed life into us. May these ashes tonight be not only a sign of our repentance and death, but reminders that by your gift of grace in Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, we are granted life forever with you. Amen. And now, friends, this evening we come to an opportunity for the imposition of ashes. And as we are here tonight and you are where you are, obviously it's going to be a little bit different. We can't place ashes upon you, although we would love to do that. But this is still the opportunity to receive the ashes where you are, whether they are spiritual ashes that tonight that you will receive upon your heart, upon your head, upon your life, or whether you have ashes at home tonight that you have the opportunity to put upon your loved one or yourself, either your hand or your forehead. It is in this time that we recall that indeed, we come from dust, and to dust we shall return. Thanks be to God.
Remember. Remember that you are dust. Remember that you are dust. Remember that you are dust. And to dust. And to dust. And to dust. You shall return. You shall return. And to dust you shall return. According to God's steadfast love, according to God's abundant mercy, God does not pass judgment on us as we deserve. God creates in us clean hearts and and gives gives a new and right spirit. In the grace of Jesus Christ, we return to God forgiven. Praise Praise God God for for our salvation. salvation. Our scripture reading this evening is from the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, verses 12 through 17. Listen to God's word for you this evening. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering, a drink offering for the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
This Ash Wednesday's Gospel lesson comes to us from the Sermon on the Mount, the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, the first six verses and the 16th through the 21st. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, Do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's Ash Wednesday. It immediately follows Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, Punchkis. But it's the beginning of Lent. The term Lent, the name Lent, comes from the Old English word lengthen, referring to the lengthening of the days. Spring. Our Lenten journey is 40 days. It is a holy journey to Jerusalem, to the cross, and eventually to the empty tomb. It is a time of prayer, reflection, meditation, fasting, and quarantine. We're all familiar with quarantine. It's based on the number 40. Jesus' instructions during the Sermon on the Mount really stand out. Don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites were actors, actors in the Greek and Roman theater. And if you're a crossword puzzle fan, as I am, you will see a clue like this come up often. Chewing the scenery, overacting. 
long time ago, way back in the last century, when I was an undergrad, our theater department did a production of Anything Goes, Cole Porter musical. And the end of the first act ends with a big number. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking now. Anything goes. It's a big song and dance number. And at the rehearsals went on, the young man who was playing the lead role, Billy, would come off stage after singing and dancing his heart out. And he would come over and he would hold on and put his hand up to his head and grab his heart and grasp for breath and grasp for breath. And as rehearsals went on, it got more and more dramatic. Well, then we noticed that a few others in the cast were coming off and doing the same thing. They would pour their heart and soul into this final number and come off stage, and eventually they were throwing themselves down on the floor, heaving and grasping for breath. <sighs> stage hands have little tolerance for such behavior. And as dress rehearsal was coming closer and closer, the stagehands at the end of the number were all on the floor in the wings, gasping for breath as everyone came off stage. And they came off and saw the stagehands on the floor, and they didn't know what to do. And the lead uttered an obscenity and went to the green room, and they never did that again. Hypocrites. Actors doing it to be seen. It's a big show. It's a big show about the big show that they're putting on. Look at me, Ma, I'm dancing. Jesus says, look at me, people, I'm praying. Look at me, people, I'm fasting. Look at me, people, I'm giving alms. Jesus spoke of these hypocrites referring to them as actors, putting this on because they're the ones who took great delight in being noticed by others for how hard they were working. And Jesus says, don't do that. Jesus uses the word often, remember, whenever. Whenever you fast, whenever you give alms, whenever you pray. These are reminders that Jesus gives us, like those little sticky notes that we have all over. We write a note, we stick it on the mirror, on the refrigerator, on the back door, on the computer screen, on the steering wheel of our car, and when we see it, we're reminded of something important. So Jesus says, whenever, do this. Whenever we baptize, we are reminded of Christ's baptism by John. We are reminded of our own baptism, and we're reminded of the promises we renew each time. Whenever we take bread and cup, whenever we eat, we are reminded of the Last Supper, Christ's time with his disciples. When we see brothers and sisters in faith on Ash Wednesday with ashes on their forehead, we are reminded of the season. When we see the empty cross, we're reminded 
of Christ's victory over death. Whenever I see homeless men and women on 8 Mile, I'm reminded of my blessings, and I am led often to prayer as well as wonder and perhaps just a little bit of guilt. Am I doing enough for all of God's creation? And again, when I see ashes on the foreheads of others on this day, I'm not reminded of what good Christians they must be, but I am reminded that the season of Lent has arrived, that it is the time of deliberate reflection, prayer, meditation, and study. These whenevers, when we're not doing things like the hypocrites, are not for others to see and be impressed by, but reminders for us ourselves, for who we are, to whom we belong, and to what we are called, without a lot of fanfare. When we practice piety, when we give our gifts, when we pray or fast, we are reminded to do so without fanfare. For collecting earthly treasures for others to see and be impressed by has little value in the kingdom of heaven. The ashes we use to mark our foreheads are signs from the past, signs of repentance, not for the sake of others, but for ourselves. But wait, a few moments ago, Kelly read the words of the prophet Joel calling for preparing the way of the Lord with trumpets, with alarms, uh, unmistakable signs, unmistakable calls to repentance, acts of the whole assembly gathered together. Jesus says, don't do this with trumpets. But the poet and teacher Ecclesiastes said long ago that there is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. There is a time to be reflective, to be in silent meditation. But there is also the time to be heard and to be seen, not as actors looking for favor, but as the body of Christ, a body called into righteousness, a body that is called to name hypocrisy, to speak out against injustice, to speak out against abuse, inequity, and to speak out for the call of Christ. For Lent is the season to remember that Christ did come challenging the status quo. Christ did promise a better way, even though it came at a tremendous cost. Let's reflect on that. The season to remember that Christ came challenging the status quo, promising a better way at great cost. So perhaps after a time of silence, it's a time to speak out. Just as Jesus came to challenge the status quo, we too, as faithful believers, ought to be challenging the status quo. Seems like everybody is speaking out right now on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and by the way, Facebook is for old people. 
pretty much everyone has podcasts. And there are still people standing on street corners preaching the word. There are some who even use the name of God, the name of the church, to speak out in ways with which we may or may not agree. And we are called as Lenten people not to keep silence, perhaps, but to enter a dialogue and to speak out for what we do believe. For we know that we are facing any number of challenges as a community of faith today. Not just a pandemic. We have issues of systemic racism, which continue to separate us from one another. We have issues with immigration, with poverty, with forgiveness. Perhaps we shouldn't sound the trumpets so much as we speak of these things, but nor should we remain silent. For I do believe that as God's chosen people, holy and beloved and called into community, called into repentance, called to return to the way of God as demonstrated in Christ and moved and urged and prodded by the Spirit, perhaps this time of silent reflection will prepare us as a church to speak out once again, to proclaim good news to the poor, relief to the brokenhearted, hope to the hopeless, and grace and love and forgiveness to all who are in need. When you enter the season of Lent, do not be like the hypocrites, doing things to be seen by others. Whenever you do these things, do these things in communion with Christ and do them silently, but be ready to proclaim the news that we have to share. For then indeed, when we do gather again weeks from now and celebrate the discovery of the empty tomb, we will know indeed what Christ has done for us. And so we say on this Ash Wednesday evening, thanks be to God. Amen.
your charge this evening. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Let the memory of your incomplete humanity awaken you to the wonders, joys, sorrows, and pain of life. Let the ashes you wear be the ashes of transformation, of awakening to the beauty and love of seizing the moment and living it to the fullest. Let it be said of you here in this little part of eternity that you lived fully, loved extravagantly, helped humanity evolve into all that God dreamed we can be. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the one who is and was and evermore shall be, creator, Christ, and spirit in one. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they rest and abide and guide each one of us abundantly this evening and for all time. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen.